This is a Crestview Bible Podcast. For more information, visit crestviewhutch.org. Well, good morning and Merry Christmas to all of you. My name is Ron Rhodes. I'm one of the elders here at Crestview. As Tom mentioned, uh, Pastor Phil is on vacation and his substitute is Luke and he's on vacation, so here I am. Um, Normally at this point in the service we would dismiss the young people, but we're going to keep the young people here uh, to give our Sunday school and our um, children's church people a break. So I'll try to keep this brief. And uh, I have another reason for keeping it brief. Uh, my wife Dawn's in the nursery, and so she said, uh, don't, get, don't, don't get too long-winded. Uh, we want to transition now to God's Word, and if you wish, you may turn to Matthew chapter 1 and follow along with us. We also have some handouts here if anyone would like to follow along um, with that. We want to um, transition to Joseph's version of the gospel. Uh, We want to kind of um, follow him. Just a second for some technical adjustments here. Let's move closer. Sorry about that. Okay, good. Thank you. We're going to entitle this um, time, God's Plan of Salvation uh, Revealed to Joseph. If you've been with us, uh, Pastor Phil has been taking us through uh, beginning the Gospel of Luke, and that's followed along with the Christmas story. Um, Among other things, it's Mary's role in in the birth of Jesus' birth, and today we're going to see Joseph's role um, and his involvement in the gospel. So if you'll notice in Matthew chapter 1, uh, the very first verse of the book, it says, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And then as you scan through um, the next few verses, we see some familiar names. These are all sons of David. And um, And we end with verse 16, and it says, And to Jacob was born Joseph, the husband of Mary, by whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So that becomes significant in our passage today. Joseph is in the line of David, the kingly kingly line. So what I'd like to do is um, read the passage. Uh, We're going to look specifically at... Uh, verses 18 through 25. And there's a verse in Proverbs that says this, the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So as we read through this passage, I'd like you to be mindful of that fact. The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So let's go ahead and uh, look to the Lord now as we begin, and then we'll read the passage. Heavenly Father, uh, we're uh, preparing to open up your word, your truth, and we are so thankful that we have your word to depend upon. It reveals us, reveals to us you and your plan of salvation, and that's what we want to focus on this morning. 
the gift of your son that we've already uh, considered. So Father, would you bless yourself? Would you honor yourself as your word is presented? Uh, Would you uh, help us that we might receive your word uh, in spirit and in truth? So thank you, Father, for our time this morning, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So our verse one begins with, uh, now the birth of Jesus is as follows. So let's watch again for um, uh, Joseph's role and again how God changes Joseph's plan. So we begin with verse 18, uh, chapter one of Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, She was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit." She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not, until she had given birth to a son, then he called his name Jesus. So we see from the get-go that Joseph has a plan. We're going to call the first two verses Joseph's original plan. And the plot thickens right away. Joseph learns that his betrothed wife, Mary, is expecting a child, and he knows that he is not the father. Um, In those days, betrothal means for the Jews a very binding and public contract. And if you look through the passage, you see words like husband, wife, and divorce already used here. And he also knows that according to the law in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, he could have had Mary stoned for this adulterous act, this adulterous offense. Instead, we learn that he chooses a very admirable and gracious alternative. He's going to divorce her quietly and privately. So already we see Joseph's original plan. Moving on to verses 20 and 21, we see that God has a new plan for Joseph. God now sends an angel to appear to Joseph in his sleep. He is addressed as son of David as we Considered earlier, it is revealed to him that this child does not have a human father, but is of the Holy Spirit. Joseph learns that this is going to be no ordinary child, but a man or a son who is to be named Jesus, which means God saves. And this will be the long awaited promised Messiah. And Joseph is not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife. So, Joseph is commanded to name the child Jesus. This means God saves. So, if if you can picture an introduction uh, like this. 
Hi, my name is Bob. Nice to meet you. What is your name? Nice to meet you, Bob. My name is God Saves. Nice to meet you, God Saves. So that's important um, that Jesus now has this name. Moving to verses 22 and 23, we see that this plan was not a new plan after all, but God's original plan. So the author, Matthew, reminds us, readers, of a prophecy given to the Jewish people centuries before in the book of Isaiah. A virgin will be with a child and bear a son and will call his name Emmanuel. So any Jew would know this promise and any Jew would cling to this promise. Even as a young man, a young girl, they would be aware of that because the nation of Israel is, was always and it still is always looking for the coming Messiah. So Joseph now realizes that prophecy is being fulfilled in the birth of this very child that Mary is carrying. So wow, God's original plan is now being fulfilled and it's right in front of them. So we've looked at Joseph's original plan. God has a new plan for Joseph and it wasn't a new plan after all, it was an original plan all along. So verses 24 and 25, Joseph now has a new plan. Things have now really changed for Joseph. He recontacts his betrothed Mary, wife Mary and explains all of this to her. And I have to chuckle, it says in verse 24, Joseph arose from his sleep. It, it sounds like it's so commonplace. I bet he was pumped. I bet his heart was going wild here. So he recontacts his, uh, his uh, promised wife, Mary, and explains all, all this to him. This is the point where I would love to have been a fly on the wall. Wouldn't that have been fun to be in on this conversation? Um, he's learned that this child does not have a human father that is of the Lord. Mary goes, that's right. That's what the angel told me. This is going to be the promised Messiah as foretold in the prophet Isaiah. And that he is to be named Jesus. Mary's going, that's right. That's what the angel told me. It's going to be a son. And that we're to name him Jesus. So I got to believe that at this point, both of them were, were through the roof excited. Uh, for Mary, she's going to be elated that she will not have to go through this uh, calling that God has given her alone. Um, she's now going to have a husband. Again, everything that uh, he, she heard from the angel has been confirmed by Joseph. He heard the very same things down to the last detail. And so I've got to believe that Mary was ecstatic at this point. And then, of course, there's Joseph. And now he learns that he is free to marry a very merry Mary, after all. Sorry. So that's a quick outline of um, our passage. We've looked a little bit at the context. We've read the passage. We try to put ourselves in Joseph's sandals as we've gone through the passage. And 
we would be remiss if we miss the key verse in all of this passage, and that is found in verse 21. The angel commands Joseph to name this son Jesus, for it is he who will save his people from their sins. So that begs the question, why do we need to be saved and from what do we need to be saved? The Bible teaches that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's everybody. It's said that we have had perhaps 25 billion people live on the face of the earth since creation, of which about 7 billion of them are currently alive. But all means all, and that's all all means. So everyone who's lived on the face of the earth has sinned and is a sinner. Failing our Lord Jesus Christ, he knew no sin. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That actually, falling short of the glory of God actually means an archer has taken a bow and arrow and aimed for a target and missed. The arrow fell short. That's what that means to fall short of the glory of God. David put it this way, against thee, thee only I have sinned and done what is evil in thy sight, so that thou art justified when thou dost speak and blameless when thou dost judge. So we've not only sinned against God, we've committed evil in his sight. We were created for God's glory. We were created in his image. And what we did instead was we did evil against him. Well, what's so bad about that? We're all imperfect, right? We're all human. Here's what the Bible says about that. For the wages of sin is death. So if you are working and you get a paycheck, you get wages. And the wages for our sin is death. Jesus gives us a picture of that death. Death means separation from God. His picture is found in the parable, the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man has gone to hell. Lazarus is in the lap of the Lord. We see that Lazarus somehow has a little crease and sees this picture of Lazarus and he begs the Lord for Lazarus to dip his finger in the water and come cool his tongue because he is tormented in the flame. That's what it means to be separated from God for eternity. Um, Jesus use, uses the term gnashing of teeth and you've ever, if you've ever been hurt so badly that you just <clears throat> gnash your teeth, that's what it's describing there. It's not a pretty place. And there's now a wall and a gulf uh, between man in hell and God. But we didn't finish the verse, did we? It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Josh did a good job of talking to us about the gift of life through Christ. So on the one hand, we have wages and we have gift. On the other hand, we have death and we have eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. How does that work out? Um, 
it says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So since the wages of sin is death, someone has to die. Someone will die. It could be you because of your sin. It could be me because of my sin. Or it could be Christ. And that's just exactly what he did. Christ died for us. He goes on to say that all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. So here is our sin. It's been transferred from us who were the guilty ones to Jesus who was the righteous one. And it fell on him. That's kind of the, the formula, formula we have here. It says that by grace we have been saved through faith, and that is not of yourself, it is the gift of God. There's that word gift again. So not only is um, the free gift of God eternal life in Christ Jesus, now he tells us, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that's not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And finally, John in his gospel says, but as many as received him, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. So this gift of salvation is a gift to be received. And so, um, and we're called to believe in his name and remember what his name means. It means God saves. So here we are at Christmas and Christmas is a time of gift giving and gift receiving, and so is salvation. Um, the Apostle John again states uh, uh, that as many as received him, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. So, the challenge today is if you've never done so, would you do that today? Would you receive the free gift of salvation from the one who is called God saves.